<laughs> and as soon as we go live, Brandon, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are here live with Very Flow Upstream number 25. We're here with Alex, Jube, and Ronell. How's everybody doing this evening? Extra special, as you can see in the background, I have my uh, Berry Flow sneakers that came in the mail from Nike, so I'm really excited about those. I'll review them later. Oh, that's going to be sick. Wait, wait. Nice, nice, nice. I didn't know about this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a test product. I mean, Nike's just yeah, yeah, limited yeah. availability right now. <laughs> limited is in one. <laughs> By one, I mean one shoe, not a pair. Just, just <laughs> but no, it's it's a you know pretty light day in Blackberry news today. We do this weekly, but sometimes the weeks just don't substantiate too much. Uh, we have we're gonna start off on the list here. We do have some seasonal BBM stickers rolling through. I've kind of been impressed, at least on the other side of BBM stickers, that there's been a lot of momentum. It used to be every Thursday they were putting one or two out. Now it seems that they're coming all sorts of days. Just When they come, they come. Like They're really trying to push this and get this out there. What do you guys think of stickers now that it's kind of ingrained in everyone's BBM experience? Do you use it? Do you think it's a value add for BlackBerry at, at this point? Well, I agree that they definitely uh, open up the gates there um, with the stickers and uh, we're like, we're up to here, you know, with them. When they first uh, started rolling out, there was so so far few in between, and people were just like, "Oh, we need more, we need more, we need more." Now we're at the other end of the spectrum, where people are just like, Ugh, "Another pack, I can't." So um, <laughs> there's, yeah, I guess that's a healthy sign um, that it's still rolling out. I don't have any numbers. I wouldn't know. If BlackBerry has announced anything on the success of how many they've sold, I mean, you know, you know, as far as like digital goods and BBM, like how well they're doing in sales, but they're certainly stacking up the sticker packs on there a lot. You can imagine if if they are bringing in traction like that. Let's so what do we have right now? Ninety million active users, right, on BBM. Let's say a third of those. So let's just estimate around thirty million by one pack. That's tens of millions of dollars right there. And I've bought fucking like 13. <laughs> like it's pretty ridiculous. So I know that of the active user base, there are people who probably bought two or three and use them readily, especially the BBM ones that kind of just go off the expressions we're used to using. What What's your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I think they need to add more of those because they're, they they kind of waited like every other week they would release like a 99 cent pack, which were just the BBM emoticons like blowing up a little bit. And, you know, even my family members were buying them. My aunt was buying them. My aunt's not buying any of the packs, like, you know, um, what is it, Let It Go, like Frozen and, like, all the various things. Like, she's not buying any of those. So, one of, like, the least common denominator is just the BBM, you know, emoticons blown up. And then they did the cool ones where it was, like, the BBM emoticon with the different BBM emoticon. And they were, like, you know, a zombie was chasing the one guy, but there were, like, two of them. Like, those were pretty cool, too. And my friends got a kick out of them. And they were paying for them. So I think they just need to keep pushing on that. I'm not really interested in a lot of the stuff that's coming out right now. Hopefully, with volume, price goes down. Yeah. If they could sell these on a regular day, a dollar each, right now I think the split is 50-50, so BlackBerry's getting a dollar, the artist is getting a dollar. So it seems like a, a positive revenue stream. With margins like that and an active user base like the one BlackBerry has, you can imagine this being a pretty good business for them, at least on the virtual goods. You're just getting started. All your competitors are more or less doing this. WeChat, Line, all of them have stickers, and they're doing really, really well. I believe uh, Line made something of like a couple hundred million dollars on their virtual goods alone. 
So if you can get a lot of volume in, people will buy them, especially in these emerging markets that BlackBerry is pretty prevalent. Ronell, stickers. Mm-hmm. Any, any people come in uh, that you speak with on BBM? Do you show them stickers? Is it even a selling point for you? Um, not really. Definitely not a selling point for me. I mean, the competition has it. It's not really like, oh, buy it because of stickers. So I, mean, I can't say that. But, um, I mean, it's a great addition, though, especially for the – I see it for more other people younger age, right? Um, but, I mean, I don't use it too much. I don't use them at all, really. Um, they actually started coming out with – known sticker packs. I know when they first started out the gate, it was just like, you know, uh, artists were submitting some, like these independent artists are submitting sticker packs and people were like, what's this? What's this about? Now you're getting the popular Pink Panther, Sonic, the Disney stuff, um, you know, Popeye. So, I, you know, I guess uh, it's encouraging to see more popular. I think, I think yeah, not to, now that you say that, it, it's probably um, something that um, they release sticker packs based on what type of age group they want to get to. Like, a lot of people in the 90s remember Sonic, or me, maybe even before, I don't know. I'm a 90s baby, but I remember Sonic back then. That would entice me to get it. I didn't, but other people would. You know, so it's <laughs> that, would, that would entice me. I didn't, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, going to hop on. <laughs> no, like, Brandon probably bought those, you know? He, he seems like the type who would definitely hop on some sti- Sonic sticker pack. There was a, a coy of nostalgia, I think, with, with BBM, N- not only in the sticker side, but in the whole kind of experience. Back in 2005, you know, 2007, BBM was hot. A lot of people were using BBM. It was kind of their solidary uh, IM experience. So I think... It, bringing that back to people, like I've got my brother and sister are both like over 10 years old than me, so they used BBM back when it was you know prevalent for them, and now that we have a family group and they love it, it brings back some of that old nostalgic feel back into a BBM experience that actually is a, a viable one here today. I obviously want to see a lot more from BBM. I think we all can agree on that. But at least with the rollout of stickers, what to other types of virtual goods could you see them selling? We saw, I think right now we've got four different chat wallpapers. What, what I don't understand else? why they're doing that. What, like what they, else? They, yeah, it's been, so, like, they released the wallpapers, and then it just, like, seems obvious that it's going to be an additional, like, good. It's within the, the, the shopping cart or the purchase section of BBM, and they have, you know, the four bubble wallpapers, and then they just, like, stopped on it. So either they're able to see the numbers of people in um, like using the wallpaper and it just wasn't very high compared to maybe stickers, so they decided to like step back. Or I don't know. I don't understand why they wouldn't push that. It's a simple thing. Just let me pick my own picture. Like I've got yeah. a million of them. Uh, it, it is what it is there. Obviously, they're, they're kind of... It just seems like they're really throwing darts against the board and seeing what sticks at yeah. This yeah. With, with the consumers, you know, because there is such a parity between... I, I, not parody. Parody spelled you know R I T Y instead of parody. But there is a, a big parody between I think the enterprise user base that is active on BBM and then the consumers. And then as Ronell had mentioned, you kind of want to target that younger base who's really going to appreciate something like a virtual sticker. An enterprise. Is there a possibility for them mm-hmm. to develop enterprise type stickers? So, so there is a st- there is a sticker called Work. And it's stickers that have a work persona. So they, they've oh, yeah. tried, I think, hitting those different de- demographics. I think ultimately what they saw was the cartoony, kiddish ones sell better. Yeah. Probably, Is there a possibility yeah. that we get to see some uh, animated stickers in the future? That'd be cool. G- That'd be Jeff cool. kind of stuff. Well, not yeah. 
relationship, but yeah. That'd be so. possible. I that. It'd be cool if we could like like choose three stickers and then make them do an animation based on. Yeah, like if, like if I sent James something like Sonic him running out, it'd just be inside of the you know BBM chat you know chat, and then you see Sonic just running right through from left to right exiting, and it would like, be just cool. be a little smoke behind him, you know, a little blur or something, whatever. And that's <laughs> all they would do. I think that those, you know, yeah. a lot stronger than just the, yeah. What I don't like about the stickers, the sticker picker was its whole own thing. It got updated, thank God. But what I would like to see is a recent stickers yeah. section. I think they, they even have those in the old emoji pickers back on Legacy 7.1, you know, like it, it's something BlackBerry obviously knows how to do. They've done it before. Bring it into the sticker picker. Give us a recent used uh, section as well. I'd like to see... And Alex, from a design perspective, maybe you can speak on this. But the sticker takes up a lot of space and leaves a lot of dead white space in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, could we not have our messages wrap around the sticker so it's embedded in what we're saying instead of stacked? Like, you know what I'm saying? It just seems like one of those UI things that could be easily done and implemented, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's for for them the easiest you know thing was to just add a sticker as its own standalone kind of thing but i guess it would be cool just as just as you can send a picture message and you can add <laughs> some text to it and then it kind of wraps it together you right. should be able to do that with the sticker as well i definitely agree and i'm sure there's an easy way for them to go about doing that um yeah but but as we've discussed here on upstream before i mean this is an enterprise company at this point that's their that's key focus true. the key focus area so bbm mm -hmm. stickers and our finite you know requests are down there at the very bottom of the totem but they're board. releasing more and more like i mean we say that too but like they're pushing out a lot of stickers every week now i'm seeing a few new sticker packs pop up so even though they're enterprise it seems like they're putting a lot in stickers Maybe they're I really trying to hit the 100 million dollar mark right for bbm All right and there's there's an enterprise way to do that and a consumer way. Again, like yeah. about thirty percent of the active ninety million that is in BBM is is enterprise. So there's still another sixty million who you can still sell a shitload of stickers to. Yeah. Um, moving on. From, yeah, go well, go ahead, Vernell. Yeah, I was gonna say one more thing because I just thought about it because, um, you know, a good way of getting more people to get back into BBM would, like, my idea is using it as a an exclusive. So if you have BBM, you can get this discount, or you can you can get into this place, or something like that. That mm -hmm. would be something good as well, right? Because I think we've reached a stage where we have people coming in and getting BBM, and that's only because they get a BlackBerry phone. But other people on other platforms aren't making the move anymore because they already know it's there and they've got it already. You know, I would. Lo I'd love to see something like that, Ronell. Because it's something that actually Line does overseas. They have vending machines that literally work off of the instant messenger. So you can use coupons and all sorts of stuff. With BlackBerry in specific, BBM channels would be just a great way to do that. You know, uh, Tim Horton's got a BBM channel. They posted a coupon. I open up BBM. I walk in with the coupon, do a little mobile transaction right there. Be fantastic. There's a lot of opportunity, I believe, there. Oh, yeah. So moving on from stickers, we did get some news that Germany actually approved the acquisition of SecuSmart, which, I don't know, it seems like it should have happened like months ago. Uh, German <laughs> Chancellor Angela Merkel is already using, uh, <laughs> she's already using not only a BlackBerry 10 device, she's also already using the SecuSmart chip. What do you guys think were some of the holdups in the, I guess, the legal ramifications of having to approve a deal such as this? 
you know, given the scare that happened with the Chancellor finding out, you know, the uh, spying uh, going on on her device, um, and then obviously seeing that BlackBerry Canadian uh, company that went to purchase this uh, German uh, company, um, it, it raised a lot of yellow flags at the time. I think it was just like a hypersensitive time with, with what was going on. The media had it like a, they ran with it. Um, so they really needed to, you know, open up the hood and just get into the details of what exactly, um, you know, the acquisition was about. But more importantly, getting that guarantee from uh, BlackBerry that that technology is in safe hands, that nothing will be compromised to anyone ever. So once those, you know, once they looked under the hood and you know went, you know, went through it with a calm and. They got that those assurances and guarantees. Um, it did take a lot, an awful long time. You figured something like that wouldn't take this long, but you know, better late than never, I guess. But never, but never late is better, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, you know, again, you know, it's shocking. You know, crazy things have happened. It could have been like, oh no, we don't know. There were some delays due to certain. Uh, information, certain things that, that Germany felt that um, BlackBerry needed to provide in order to move forward, and BlackBerry just kind of took their time or had to orchestrate these things for them at the you know at their at their request. So we have no idea. It happened. It created happened. Um, moving forward, <laughs> so they're just like layering the cake at this point. I mean, we you've got a, a standard BlackBerry which has its own you know, on-device encryption. You have Bez 12, which you put on top of that. And then, as part of Bez 12, you can deploy SecuSmart across commuting all, you know, you're getting so much encryption at this point, so many different layers of stopgap, that really, if you're going to yeah. try to break one of these phones, it's going to be a, a serious endeavor to do so. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of works like, almost like an OTT, this, this uh, SecuSmart and, uh, voice encryption communication. I saw it in action when I covered the event uh, here in New York, um, the security summit, and it was it was integrated, uh, it was baked in really nicely, and the demonstration um, was I know that uh, JT over at N4BB had one device, and uh, one of the gentlemen from uh, SecuSmart had another, and he was just kind of showing him how a phone call comes in versus an encrypted phone call. Um, it worked really well. The voice clarity was perfect. And um, it's just like that layer of security already on top of what you just said is just layered, and it's just second to none at this point. So over the top maybe, but there's something really particular about that voice encryption that's unique that I, that I, that I like. Absolutely, and it seems what it does is it actually encrypts the, st the storage of the phone call actually happens to the to the, the smart chip's actual coprocessor and storage system that's actually plugged into the phone. So it literally, it's not even stored on the phone. It's stored encrypted on that chip. Just, just Again, it, it just makes everything so staggered out. You What's wonder that? where a play like that with BBM Voice might lay in if they're able to connect some of the two. Maybe. So now you're, now you're encrypting the call and then using the transport method of BlackBerry's intranet to actually send the call back and forth. There's a lot, I guess. That I they also could do wanted to say for the people who are not aware that this technology also supports the other uh, mobile OS uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. So when you think of Bez 12, how it supports all the mobile, SecuSmart's uh, technology, 
with the voice encryption does is supported uh, does support Windows, iOS, and Android. So uh, that's just brilliant all around. Absolutely, especially with a deal like SecuSmart. Just looking at the timing of it, Movertu, that acquisition. I mean, at the Bez 12 event, they were announcing work life. It's here. It's part of our platform. Go. So I wonder now that the deal is approved, what the turnover rate will be for them to put out a press release, being like, "All right, now with Bez 10 or Bez, excuse me, Bez 12 Gold, you can also get SecuSmart as an add-on instead of having to go to SecuSmart directly." It'll be interesting because they're going to stay a standalone unit, from what I, from what I've heard. They're still going to operate, in, you know, semi-independently of the, uh, the Canadian Big Brother. Definitely some interesting stuff. I'm glad the deal is approved. Ronell, if you're looking at a user base, you're, you're located over in Toronto, correct? Yeah. How many business people do you have coming in to your stores and really looking at BlackBerry devices? Um, a fair amount, I would say. You know, for me, I do mostly, like, ones in the malls or different locations, right? So... More than having those big business people and doing those big deals, it's more of those once in a while business people with their families and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I met a couple of executives from a couple of companies who were just shopping around with their family, right? I met um, one executive uh, I can I can I can say um, a while ago, not this this uh, but last year. Um, he, him and his whole family actually were on, on BlackBerry, and he was looking forward to, they already had the Z10s, and they're, they're looking at upgrading to the new Z30, because that's what we were releasing at the time, right? And it's, like, up there with executives, not even from an ex a business standpoint, but a personal standpoint as well. You know, it's not just for business. It's their whole families within. And it was mm -hmm. great. We had an awesome conversation. It was, it was a personal level, and, you know, the BlackBerry sells to people who know, not to people who don't know, right? Preach. If you know what I mean. Yeah. If you people don't know, know, now you know. <laughs> Ninja. Right, so. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I, I absolutely understand what you mean by that, Ronell. And it kind of, I, I baited you with that because it's a segue into our next topic point about Tyler Florence. Here's a guy. BlackBerry, Inside BlackBerry did a fantastic, and I love that it wasn't a Q&A. Like, I would just like to say this. BlackBerry does a lot of Q&As with different, you know, business leaders, lawyers, etc. Instead, they did a nice interview with him and then wrote an article about the interview. A lot better read, one of the better reads I've read from Inside BlackBerry in a long time, so kudos to them on that. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's Tyler Florence. He's been added to the BlackBerry leader section, and... Just like Ronald had mentioned, he's the type of user who has a family life, you know? He has a business, and he's got eight different businesses that he's moderating. He's on two different shows, hosting on a third. This man does everything from his passport. He's not carrying around multiple devices. He gets it all done with his BlackBerry passport. And I think it's just really cool to see kind of the separation that's coming, at least with the market these days, where users are finally kind of getting rid of the two-device paradigm that they've been going with. You kind of can have a device that is all work and all play, and Passport's kind of a strong show that you can have a device that doesn't need to compromise in such ways. What do you guys think about the Tyler Florence interview that went out? Do you guys happen to give, give it a look? Yeah, I mean, I scanned through it, and it just sounds like the guy, you know, likes his phone, and he appreciates BlackBerry, and I think it's good to have more, um, like, these celebrities that are kind of vouching for it, aside from, like, 
Kim Kardashian or whatever. Like, they seem to be very, um, like, not crazy celebrities, right? They're just more, like, they're, they're very, like, serious about business, and they're normally, like, entrepreneurs or something like that, and it's really helping the BlackBerry enterprise kind of aspect of it all. So I, I like seeing these, and I hope, you know, more come out. Exactly. I think Tyler Florence also uses Bez 12, and he's got his friends and family on BBM. It's a it's a whole thing for him. He's not like, oh, I'm just a BlackBerry fan. I also care about the security aspect. I like the instantaneousness of and the, obviously the presence that comes along with BBM. So it is really cool to see that these advocates are are true advocates. You know, they're not like Alicia Keys who was bought into it. These people are diehard BlackBerry. No one's paying them to do this. Yeah. I see Pierce Morgan tweeting out sometimes, you know, Passport's the best keyboard typing experience, and no, I'm not being paid to say that. It, it is kind of genuine to hear from some of their endorse, uh, endorsers that, you know, I use this device because it gets it done for me. You know, bar none, that's what's most important. So yeah. obviously BlackBerry's kind of honing in on that third of the market that really is the prosumer side. So looking at BBM a little bit further, we see that BBM is partnered to help monetize their ad platform across devices. What do you guys think of a move like that? They partnered up with a company I believe called Black, and they're able to – or Blick, excuse me. And they're able to essentially tap into their ad network and go across multiple devices and go across different regions. They've got specified partners for uh, the, Af the African region. And as well, they've got another partner that will take them across the board, London, Dubai, all those other regions that are really important to them. What do you guys think on the monetization of BBM as an ad platform? It's a pretty smart move, I think. Um, it's something that I think it's in its infancy. Um, if you look at other companies, the ones who, you know, you walk into the store and based on your location, you know, um, it sends you um, deals. And then now you have carriers who are doing the same thing. When you enter a certain zone, um, you get text messages that says, oh, hey, this is on sale uh, or this, this place has some, this going on, right? Um, me, myself, I, I joined the beta. Rogers is doing it up in Canada here. Um, it doesn't get annoying for me. I get one once in a while, and that's pretty much it. But I think that's where BBM can definitely move. You know, you get a BBM instead of some somebody personal, it's like automatic one. Boom. You're in a mall, and you get a BBM that says, oh, something's on sale. That could be... A definitely a smart move in the future. That's where I think they're moving in some type of way or form. But um, very cool. Yeah, very I think cool. that's a maybe that's smart. why BBM is always asking for my location when I go into channels. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later when we get into our fan section. Uh, we'll be getting there shortly. Just kind of talking on the other half there and and how. As you had mentioned, Ronell, it, it, it's almost like at the, the cutting edge right now. It's almost not not super prevalent, but it's still happening. You know, it's not a totally familiar thing to everyone, but it is becoming uh, pretty pretty uh, you know out there and known. I, I definitely think the monetization of BBM is something that needs to happen one way or another. You may not you like know, it. It's you like it, it's beyond necessity. I mean, it was I, I think realistically it was inevitable. And it was just a matter of how it's going to be implemented. And we look at what they were mentioning as far as uh, what advertisers can, uh, how they can leverage BBM with sponsored posts and invites and sticker packs and featured placements. Uh, but even what uh, Ronell mentioned earlier, you know, being more smart, uh, more, you know, uh, let the 
advertisements be more in intelligently implemented uh, so it doesn't take away from the user experience uh, yeah. of you know uh, BBM and what you mentioned before I think works really well and like I said it, it's it was going to happen which is a matter of time BBM needs to generate money <laughs> revenue mm -hmm. so um, this is obviously a natural evolution I think uh, that BlackBerry is doing smart I like the move too in particular because they're they're with the company with Blick they're they're focusing on the regions that they're strongest at. It's not like, all right, we hired this company and they're just going to say it and spray it type of thing. Um, we're going to cast the seed everywhere. We don't care where it lands. No, they're being really strategic about it. So um, I think that's going to affect the type of advertising. We're not going to get you know advertisements. If I'm here in the States, I'm not going to get some sort of advert that is relevant to someone in South Africa, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, they're being uh, really diverse and really strategic about that. It's really smart, so they can, uh, you know, profit off of it more appropriately. Right, because no one wants to get a sponsored invite from an Indonesian car manufacturer about the latest deals they have, you know? And right. it, it just becomes superfluous at that point. And it, as Ronella mentioned, it takes away rather than enhancing the BBM experience. I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with Jubei and Ronell's points. Alex, you want to chime in on sponsored posts? Hate them, love them? No, I mean, it's it's like what you guys are saying. It's just something that had to happen. I mean, BBM needs to make money, and there's a point where sticker, like there's only so much that stickers and these, these little additions can do. Um, advertisements, you'll look at social media as it stands right now, and delivering an advertisement that looks native within the platform is just where all social media is going because people will actually read it and then they're like, you know, some people act on it not even realizing it's an advertisement and that's the best kind of advertisement. You know, the more information they have about you, the more they can tailor advertisements towards you and the higher chance that you will actually get use out of it. Um, it's kind of like a funny thing where you can actually view on Google um, how they view you. So, like, they build up a profile for every single one of you if you have a, a Google account. And, for instance, it said that I'm probably between the age of 21 and 24. Like, it got that, you know, dead on the money. And it, I was going through, and it said some of my interests, and it, it, it said, like, one of my interests was, like, celebrities or whatever. And I and I exit off because, like, this, I'd rather, if I'm going to get advertisements, I'd rather them be interested, like, you know, based on what I like. So I actually went in there and gave them that information because, you know, why get irrelevant advertisements? And it's the same way with BBM. You know, the just, more just stop Googling Kim Kardashian, bro. That's the problem, dude. I think I, I, I went downstairs to show my stepdad, too, and his is, like, celebrities. And I was like, yeah, they must just put that for everyone. Just, like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, BBM, they need to do advertisements because that's just where social media is going towards. And then once BBM channels can get, you know, big enough, then that is such an important thing. And exactly what you said, James, they ask for your location to t tailor the recommendations to you in a way that's like an advertisement, but it's helping you. So it's kind of like some people are so against, like, oh, I don't want to give them any more information than I've already given them. But, like, really, this is the way that everything's moving towards. So just let them have the information and let stuff be tailored to you. You'll enjoy the experience more. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna take everything you just said, Alex. Yeah, and I'm, gonna I'm, I'm gonna direct it at Ronell, and I'm gonna add on, Ronell. What do you say to the people? And I know Jubei's gonna have something to say on this. What do you say to the people who say I am a BlackBerry user? I shouldn't have to see any of that stuff. I shouldn't have to see sponsored posts. I shouldn't have to pay for videos or shit like that. 
What do you say to the users who feel that entitled? No, man. Um, I say, you know what, man? You pay, it's free, so what are you complaining about? <laughs> you get free encryption, secure, you get to use all the features, and you're not paying for it, so, I mean, unless you want to skip to somebody else and have your information hacked or whatever you whatever happens over there other platforms, I don't bother because I got BBM. So. <laughs> Damn, now I'm sold. I'm going to send all, all my nudes over to BBM. It's, it's done. <laughs> Jube, what do you say to those who feel entitled that as a BlackBerry user, a BlackBerry device owner, that they shouldn't have to pay for any additives on top of BBM? Are you suggesting like the uh, premium features we yeah, have here? With all that. Some people say, okay. why am I? Why do I have to pay for stickers? Right. Okay. So there's two sides to it. Um, one, I'll just get out the way. Um, they're just uh, some people are just completely unrealistic. This is business, and everything costs money, and that's just the bottom line. On the other hand, it'd be nice to see how BlackBerry balances. Uh, I know it's a bit of a juggling act as they move forward and try to let the dust settle with certain things, but um, if, let's say, you and I pay for the premium uh, BBM services, which I probably will, um, Definitely. will I see less ads or no ads versus people who just use the free one, the free uh, basic standard uh, version of BBM? Will they more likely see ads? Um, because BlackBerry already has their money from me. So like, okay, this guy, we have him on a paid subscription. There's not, it's not necessary to riddle you know, his experience with any sort of advertisements. Versus someone who has a basic standard service, they need to leverage some sort of revenue from them. So then you know, they can, like we said earlier, hopefully um, bake in some advertisements that looks like it's part of the UI and it's you know, gently done. Uh, and not overwhelming, and it just becomes, I mean, this is a natural evolution of things, and, you know, we look at other companies like Twitter, who for the first few years is like, they exploded, but they were making zero dollars, and they had, they were struggling to figure out how they're going to make money. I don't even know how these guys were, like, paying bills and, like, living and paying rent or anything. So, like, you know, they had, like, this yeah. huge business. Mm -hmm that millions of people were using, and they weren't making a penny. So, um... It sounds just know, like every business I've ever ran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um... You know, that's, that's, it's, we'll, we'll, that's, that's going to be a work in progress. We'll see how BlackBerry, you know, moves forward from that. But, you know, there's, you can't be unrealistic. There has to be uh, a, sor a sort of understanding. It's like, okay, I'm using a great service. I understand that this is a business. Um, and if it's going to cost me some advertisements on my feeds or updates, that's the nature of the beast. That's just the way it's going to go. Um, hopefully, it doesn't. It's not terribly done. I don't think it's going to be terribly done because I, I even some of the sponsored posts and stuff I've seen in my uh, news feed actually looks really nice. I don't mind them at all. I just scroll through them. I see all the stuff that Alex posts about Kim the Kardashian. I just go right through it and I see some of the sponsored posts, and you know they look nice. So he goes said, through yeah, right? no like, thing. like, like. <laughs> yeah. No, Juve, you make a great point there. That it, it, what we see thus far doesn't look bad. It doesn't look intrusive or anything no. like that. Um, my personal thing with it right now is 
if I am a BBM Premium subscriber, I would like to have a reduction therein. Or maybe yeah. no sponsored invites, less ads. And, and I think there's a compelling way for them to kind of enhance and add new BBM features. I'd like them to kind of maybe put a feature out along with their announcement of BBM Premium subscription. I think just right now, timed messages and message retraction are not enough for me to want to buy in to a premium subscription. And I don't know how you guys feel, but right now those two features are not enough for me, even if it's a dollar. I mean, I'll buy it, but yeah. I, I won't be buying it for value. I'll be buying it to support the brand. And I am not going to be the general person doing that. You know, The general person is going to do it for the features. Well, I know that they already announced that it's that's part of a suite of features of that premium subscription. We don't know what else is being uh, built in right now, but um, you're right. I, those two features alone is not really going to warrant any kind of you know, purchases from anyone, I think. But um, I think that packaged in with a number of other things could certainly be an attractive offer along with a, a reasonable price point. A dollar a year? Give me video? cross-platform, give me maybe some access to stickers, some wallpapers, uh, some added attraction and time to message features, I'm done. Well, I'm also thinking that maybe when if they release BBM money, that would be tied into the service. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you want to use BBM money, it's part of our premium subscription. Um, that would be a huge hook. And yeah. you got that they'd get us twice. They'd get us. They'd get us on the, the transaction on a percentage, and then get us for even using it. I mean, well, yeah, yeah no, that, that's one of the examples where I think they they're. I think it would probably be in their best interest to make something like BBM money free. Like you see Snapchat do this whole money thing, and it's because they're getting a cut of what people are spending. So they want everyone to have it and try and use it. And then you have how to think does, about how the does that even, How does that even work, though, Alex? If I send you Bay fifteen dollars, he gets fifteen dollars. Where are you making your money? I was actually just thinking about that the other day. <laughs> um, like, you know how... Pay, I, it's, it's, yeah, because like, the thing with PayPal is they'll take a cut. $15. Like, you, the recipient, would get the flat fee, but the person who's sending it would Might get have to a give percentage of fee for using that service on top. Yeah. Mm. It's all just... Um, they partner up with Square, and I have a Square account. I know how it works with business. So if someone... If you charge someone $1,500, what the vendor or, you know, the person with my account, I'm only going to end up making, I think, 2.6%, so I'm only going to end up making, like, 47 or four fourteen hundred and $1,470 or something around there, whatever. So that's essentially... Don't pull out your calculators right now. <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah, whatever. Don't trust us. Our numbers are solid. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, the thing is, if I go and send my buddy $15... I'm I'm probably going to have to actually send him us, uh, you know, fifteen sixty two or something, some random number there, and right. they'll get the flat fifteen dollars. So that's where it comes off. Obviously, in all the videos and the demonstrations that they're showing you for the Snap Cash, it's oh, just do a money sign and send five dollars to your friend. It's not necessarily that simple. You know, there is money taken out somewhere else. They wouldn't be doing it. Um, and then yeah, so we're, we were talking about the BBM features though. And I, I completely agree. They need to do something with it more than what they have. The retraction, I haven't used it, like, at all. Um, the time messages, it's kind of cool, but, you know, my friends are still doing that stuff on Snapchat with me. They're just sending, you know, whatever 
um, using Snapchat how it is. So I think it's going to be really tough to get people to use BBM like people use Snapchat, and I don't think that's really the purpose anyway. So they definitely have something up their sleeve, I think, the fact that they actually implemented these features like retraction. Like, they're, they're not a stupid company. They're smart. They understand what they're doing. So in order for them to get me to pay money, they're going to add something in there. And we brought up, you know, $1 a year. So you can actually break this down fairly easily to figure out how much you'd, you'd actually end up paying. So they want to make $100 million from BBM. So right now, say that about 20% of their current base actually buys BBM Premium. In order to make that $100,000, they would have to charge, I think, $5 a person, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, all these numbers, whatever I'm throwing out. So it would be in between $1 and $5 a year, and at that price, say only 30 or 40 or 50% of the people actually buy it, they can actually make $100 million a year, given like their current you know, $90 million user base or whatever. So we're not think we're not talking about you know fourteen dollars a month for BBM Premium. Like this is a very reasonable cost. But it it, it kind of makes you wonder then in turn, things like Blend. Like right now, stickers don't work in Blend. Timed messages don't work in Blend. Retracted messages don't well. Retracted messages work in Blend, but you can't retract the message from Blend. And then Blend, yeah. But you can you'll see the message was retracted in Blend. So my thing is, if they bring a premium Blend. And I have premium BBM. Do I need to have both premium accounts to use it across all of those services and devices? Or will BBM alone be a standalone type bit? So if I pay for BBM premium and it gives me some quasi-access to BBM meetings, do I also need some kind of desktop peripheral that I'm paying for? It's just going to get kind of confusing, I think, at some point. So I think toward the beginning of next year, they're going to make a delineation (coughs) between what is a BBM premium feature and what isn't. And that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of what I what I'm what I'm waiting for. At this point, they have a lot of enterprise things that are tailored off of BBM and only connected or connectable and usable by a Bez. So I wonder kind of where the line in the sand is going to be. It seems that maybe that BBM meetings may be a standalone asset for BBM because right now you can use it without a Bez, but right now you only are using it te- technically if you have a Bez and or are on the trial for the 30 days and then pay into it. So it's just going to be, I think, an interesting breakdown between all the different areas that BlackBerry strategically is trying to monotonize. What do you guys think, looking forward, where are other opportunities for them to make some money off of BBM? Got me. Right? It seems kind of that they're, they're tapped out. The question, because I, you know what I mentioned before, as far as like Twitter and Snapchat, these are companies that started out they became huge, and none of them were earning anything, and that's a difficult question. Remember Facebook when they went mobile, they couldn't they couldn't yeah. figure out how to make money off of it. So, yeah. you know, uh, BlackBerry is no different. You know, BlackBerry has to figure out okay, how can we generate revenue uh, with BBM? I think the traditional way they want to kind of sidestep and they want to go about this a little more intelligently and say, okay, let, why don't we provide people? With, uh, with premium services, perhaps a subscription, uh, we can generate something there. Uh, you know, digital uh, goods, outside of stickers, I can't really think of anything else. I mean, I don't My think they're going to be bringing back, you know, BBM music. <laughs> I think the golden goose and, and the real baseline opportunity for them to build on is channels. Because you can attack... 
you from can your put, lips to John's ears. <laughs> like, <laughs> hear, hear us, please, when we say that Channels has a potential to unite the IM side, the security side, the BBM money side, and the consumer side under one roof. And really, Don't get me started on Channels. <laughs> we're going to move on from our BBM discussion. How did you guys like the latest leak of 1154? 10.3.1. Alex, has your device officially loaded up I yet? Or literally, in right this second. No, no, right this second. It just, I was looking down at it. It literally <laughs> just turned back on right now. Um, I used the Blitz method, which that just kind of skips the unnecessary bar files. And before I was using Sachet or Sachessi. No one knows how to say it. It's okay. <laughs> I used it, and I had you had to download the specific version. So say that you're on a Z30. Then I think the Z30 was the same file that would be on a classic and a Z3 or whatever it was. So you had to download the proper bar file, um, and then you'd have to get the proper radio and the blah 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 whatever. With yeah. the Blitz method, all you need is the one file. I just loaded on my passport, and then I used the exact same method, same file, and got it on my Z30. It's a lot easier. It didn't lose any information. It's non-destruct non-destructive. Um, from what I heard, it's not too much different. It's stable. It's you know, it's a stable build. People are still kind of complaining about memory problems in it. Um, at least I was reading the the message board. And like on a Z30, for instance, if you kind of have 300 megabytes of RAM left over, then stuff starts running a little bit slow. Um, but on a passport, it runs you know absolutely perfect to an extent. So. It's you know it's just a solid build, and I'm just waiting for a more stable, stable in terms of memory optimized um, to come. But we'll have to wait for that. Yeah, right. Right now I'm running it on Passport 1154. It, iterative jump. The leak we had beforehand was 1151. So literally, we're talking so many decimal places beyond actual substance on an update. But as Alex had mentioned, it does bring stability. On Passport, I still experience screen flickering within some applications. Close the app, relaunch it, don't see the problem. Uh, it's it's a, an OS bug. They obviously are aware about it, and they're working to get it corrected because it's happening a lot less than it was on older builds. Um, I find system and display are running a little bit high on the percentages, but otherwise it's very, very solid. I'm liking it. If you're looking to kind of do an upgrade right now, I would suggest it along with maybe 1151 as well. Kind of just keep somewhere within that branch, and you'll be doing all right. Will we tell you how to do that? No. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Alex just did. Rewind to play it back. Uh, and you can figure it out. It's, it's Chessie 2.0, correct? That is a necessary blip. Yeah, use the newest version. Um, you can go It's a GitHub releases on it. You can find links everywhere online over it. Just download the most recent one. There's a beta version, and then there's a new one. Just and and this, this one. is going to be an optimal method for people using Mac because they can't load autoloaders. Am I correct on that? You are oh. correct. I have a Mac, and so Chessie is the... What the go-to. The go-to. Oh, right. So hitting the bases there, cross-platform. Get your uh, get your OS links <laughs> here. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm, I'm, I am interested. We're talking Passport now, you know, just a little bit there. You guys saw the iPhone trade-up? I guess it's the BlackBerry, it's the BlackBerry Passport trade-up program, but it's only geared at iPhone users. Uh, pretty interesting breakdown. Baseline starts for an iPhone 4S. You can get $95 for a 5S, or excuse me, a 6. You can get up to 350. And then on top of that trade-in price, BlackBerry puts a credit of $150. So really, I think with an iPhone 6, you're going to get paid money to buy a passport by trading in your iPhone. Very interesting kind of model for them to do. 
geared toward the U.S. market, geared toward iPhone users. But ultimately, again, this is an enterprise company. This is going to be aimed at the enterprises. You got a fleet of maybe 12, 15 iPhones. You can upgrade all of them and get a you know a pretty substantial discount to do so. What do you guys think of a program like that? Would you like to see it for other devices? Uh, definitely. No, I, I don't... Go ahead, Renaud. Yeah, um, pretty sure. Um, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I like the program a lot. I mean, I can definitely see a lot of business people who have the iPhone and are not happy with it, and they're stuck in their two or three year term. You know, if that amount of money can help in terms of some helping somebody switch over, I think it helps a lot for somebody to switch over pretty easy. I know there's some iPhone users which are stuck on their iPhone because they're locked into their contract, and if they can afford it, they would switch. So um, pretty smart move for BlackBerry, I think, in terms of moving users over. And it's only for the Passport. I wouldn't expect it for the Classic or any other phones, only because um, nobody wants to move to a smaller screen, or at least most users. So yeah, right. and the, yeah, the Passport's a powerhouse, so... I, I think it's that, a powerhouse, uh, not, not firehouse, for those listening. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jubei? Um, it's, uh, it's a slick move. I think that uh, there's people on the fence, and this is like a great incentive for them to push them over. Um, in the BYOD era, maybe there's some small businesses, maybe there's some smaller companies that have a fleet of, let's say, you know, a collection of some older iPhone devices and uh, they're thinking about switching to Bez 12. They're thinking about these things. And, you know, BlackBerry just put it out there. It's like, by the way... BTW. If, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're interested, we can give you BlackBerry passports in exchange for your iPhones. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a great... And I like how it's targeted here. And, and to, the, to those, who, as Jubei would mention, who are on the fence, make the jump. You've got nothing to lose. The passport is a fantastic device. And I don't say that because I love the passport. I do. But, 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 I, but I say that because you owe it to yourself to kind of get out there and see something different. Experience what a truly mobile-first OS feels like. like. Like, take the time to do yourself a favor. <laughs> Learn the gesture, spend a week with it, and really, really you're going to be impressed with the, the overall experience. It's a phenomenal device. Alex, you've got a passport. You, you know people with iPhones. Have you told any of them about this deal? Um, well, or have you or have you migrated everyone else over to BB10 already? <laughs> I, for the most part, I brought everyone over to BB10. One of my buddies, he switched over from the Z10 to an iPhone 4 uh, or 5, iPhone 5, yeah. So it would be really tough to get him back over to BlackBerry because Z10 kind of um, he's he's not a business person anyways. Like he's he's totally just I want to play my games and blah blah blah. So don't really care about him. Someone that I, I would really possibly switch over. Um, Don't care my, about him. <laughs> my uncle, who he was forced through his business to go to an iPhone, I really tried everything possible to get him on a Q10, but the problem is the business was using mobile iron, I think, or something along those lines. And it was not connecting with the BlackBerry at all. Um, we were just running into problems where they were just at the point. We, I was talking to his tech support on the company. They were like, you know, it's BlackBerry. We're not gonna. We just don't support it. And he made the final decision. Yeah, I just need to get an iPhone. He's not totally happy with the iPhone right now. Um, watching. Oh man, he was texting my cousin. I was showing him something, and 
he sent like three letters and he went to click backspace he hit send and he kept typing over he sent him like 13 messages because he thought he was clicking backspace instead of on or send or whatever because the buttons are so small on an iPhone 4s and you know big thumbs or whatever so he he would love to go to the passport I think but his company alone is not letting him transfer over to BlackBerry. So I'm really hoping to see them get on like Fez 12, and then I would really push it. But right now, I don't want to deal with it anymore because I already put a lot into it, and it didn't go up so well. Alex invested time. He invested money and soul. He did. No, no return. No, absolutely no return. Renault's just on his passport like, yeah. What? He's totally, he's totally looking at Twitter right now, I swear. Yeah, black. I got black open right now. Black. You're using light or dark theme on it? Dark theme. Dark theme. I, I, see, dark theme. I know some people who use light light theme, and I'm like, bro, it looks so sexy in dark theme. Yeah. No, I couldn't do light theme. <laughs> I get it. It's an LCD panel, but it also has a Mondo battery, so like the savings are nil. No, <laughs> doesn't doesn't exactly. even matter for LCD. No. Uh, let's talk lastly about red passport and white passport availability. C- Canadians have been upset about this one. I mean, I've gotten a lot of angry BBMs like you U.S. scum. <laughs> <laughs> you get the passport a hundred dollars cheaper. Why? Our exchange rate is not that different. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean. They need our market more than they need your market is what I would say. Chenna was adamant, and Alex can attest to this, that it's like we need Canada on our side to make yeah. a comeback. But it also goes for the U.S. You had 50% market share in the U.S. when your stock was at $150. You know, you were head honcho in this market. There's a lot of brand value still inherent and, and tappable within the U.S. market. People still know what a BlackBerry is. It still holds some weight, especially in the business sense. So if they can reignite some of that, I think it's going to be valuable for them. they got to incentivize those who are not truly interested. And it seems like of the markets globally that are out there, the U.S. seems most tuned out to BlackBerry. So you got to incentivize them to try to make them listen. What do you guys think about the pricing differences between white and black? I think it goes four ninety nine, five ninety nine, six ninety nine. A black, white, red, and a hundred dollar increase on that increment for Canada. Anyone tempted to sell their black passport for a white one or a red one? Alex, if I was in your situation, I would definitely just sell it just because. I mean, oh yeah, just to get the red one. Just be like, yeah, I got it, bitches. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I like I so badly wanted to switch my device over to the passport, but there's nothing I can do and I probably should just sell the phone. Right now I'm literally just using it for the occasional game. And it's like or um like on the I did the whole post for Very Flow about like gaming on there, like Game Boy gaming. Uh, with the emulator and that's really all I'm kinda using it for now. Because I was trying to juggle the phones before and I would also carry them together with me and Passport um, too, too big to be yeah, juggled. It's, exactly. It's getting to the point where carrying a passport and a Z30 in your pocket is a bit much, and I really can't be without my mobile data, you know, phone mm. calls and text messaging, and then my BBM is connected to my phone, so I have to switch the BBM account, or I have to switch over BBM every time I want to use another passport or the phone, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to go the other route and have a separate BBM because then I don't want to have to add everyone twice, and then they have two accounts that they don't know which one to message me on, and I just, I don't know. Stress, just, you're stressing me out, just saying. Exactly, all yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right? And my stepdad wants to Alex buy a passport has, so bad, too. 
What was yeah. that? Your stepdad wants one? My stepdad, he's dying. To, he keeps telling me every day, he's like, so can I buy a passport yet? And I'm like, no, Verizon just probably can't do it. And he's like, well, can we move away from Verizon? I was like, we have eight people on our family plan. And, you know, most of us aren't up for another five months. And then someone else, like, we can't just ditch Verizon, you know? But, like, he's tempted enough to ditch Verizon because he wants the passport. And that just makes me sick that Verizon just doesn't allow it. I don't know. It's stressful. That's their closed-minded. I mean, they don't want to bring the IMEI on, despite it supporting, what is it, like four out of the six same LTE bands yeah. across carriers? It's like, that's just that's just them and, and their marketing model, and I don't know how that's working for them. They're the, one of the biggest carriers here in the United States, and they're milking it solely because of the CDMA, nothing else, you know? That's going to change. They're obviously having to move to LTE and kind of get with the program. We're all, look, we're all looking at unlocked devices because for the long run, I get to own that device outright. I can sell it when I want, and there's no overhead from the carrier having any burden on me for a monthly payment. As we as you look there, we look at toward like the red and white passport. I have been kind of interested in wanting to sell my black one, maybe get a red one. Babe, would you would you rock a passport, let alone a red or white one? Not really. You're not interested in the passport. Um, not particularly, no. So, uh, did, did you buy a Z30? Is that what I see back there? Um, yeah, that would be um, <laughs> this here. Oh, so so you got a Z30, eh? Did you do any of that November deal to get it? Maybe. There was some dealing involved, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I could say on air, of course. <laughs> now, a Alex walking around with his Z30 and his passport in his pocket. The girls are like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so I'm glad you finally upgraded. You were on a Q10 before previously, correct? Yes. How's the experience typing on a Q10 over to a, 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 a Z30? It's a wider touch space, so to speak, for the keyboard, and it's such a different keyboard. I know some people who are on like a Z10 right now, and they, they miss their 9900, you know? They're like, God, that keyboard was just exactly what I, I wanted. I mean, I, I would say that we're, we're, you know, if you take away the bezel around the uh, Z30, it's around the same-ish. Yeah. Um, my typing experience on the Q10 is better. Um... But I love the predictive. I love the uh, flicking a lot on the Z30. So whenever I'm typing, because it's a lot of one-handed, I can't one-hand the, the Q10. So I can actually hold something. I could walk and I could flick, and you know, uh, generate sentences uh, quite easily with. Uh, that are understandable, not 13-line sentences, Alex. <laughs> yeah. So we covered everything we wanted to talk about on the set list. We're gonna open maybe. 10, 15, 20 minutes, answer some of the questions that we had uh, posed on our BPM channel. We really want to engage with you guys. This is really about you. We want you to be able to get the information you want in a kind of condensed and consolidated format and get it weekly so you don't, you're not missing anything. Jubei, do you have our channel up? Presently? Have our channel up? Um, we, can go, we can enter a couple of these really quickly, actually. There's a couple of them that we can get into, but I just want to probably run through them pretty quickly. I'm down. Um, Let's go. Uh, Avon here from Canada on the top, he says he wants to know why there's a delay in releasing 10.3.1 in January. He thinks that it's hurting BlackBerry. Um, James, 
<laughs> well, we, we talked about this like literally before Upstream got on. Uh, 10.3.1 was said to come post-Classic launch. Classic hasn't launched yet, so it's not late by any means as of yet. Yes, it may launch in January, depending on what regioning you're in. Was he in Canada? If he's in Canada, he's very likely going to get it late December, going Probably. out to those carriers. Awesome. So, so it, again, you're judging you're judging the future as if it's here, but it's not. You know, give them some time. Us on AT and T will be getting it in 2016, yeah, and you're Ooh. complaining about now. Uh, <laughs> you know, it will be okay. late December, early January, alongside the 10.3.1 release post classic launch. What's next, Jube? Um, we have here from our favorite, Sean. Uh, he so says, Sean asked he, another question on site, so let's answer this one, and then we'll jump to his site comment. I've okay. got it queued up here, but go for it. Okay, he said he'd like to hear our views on BlackBerry in the United States. He knows that BlackBerry hired some great people who know exactly how to mend the carrier relations, but wants to know what it takes to fix the huge problem um, going on here. So I have a little bit, little bit of insight in on this, and, and Renault can speak to some of the Canadian side as well. I do know some carrier uh, partners here stateside who actually moved to Canada <laughs> to actually double down on the efforts there to make sure that you know the devices were selling in the home country because they were having a little bit of a separation between the numbers they needed to see to actually be able to sell through on these devices. I think if they can focus region by region and kind of have it spread from there, that there's going to be a valuable opportunity for them to double back on the American market. So towards Sean's question, at least from my side of the fence, I think that there's a lot to be done on carrier-based education and getting these brand, uh, getting the carriers and the people and the agents that they have there excited about what BlackBerry has to offer. They need to have representatives. They need to have a financial input. They need to spend money to make money. And right now in the U.S. market, they are not spending much money. You know, going off of that, when I was at the security summit um, earlier this year, that was one of the questions during the Q&A uh, when the media was uh, asking BlackBerry as far as like what's going on with the carriers. And uh, you touched on a very important point, James, that there needs to be an educational uh, level. There needs to BlackBerry needs to sit down with these carriers and uh, kind of. You know how we talk about how like BlackBerry kind of has to have like a relaunch, and it's going to start with the carriers understanding the direction that the new identity that BlackBerry has, and so BlackBerry needs to sit down with these carriers and literally educate them on the identity, educate them on the OS. That's where it's going to start, um, and then they're going to move from there. Even the the marketing that everyone's desperately waiting for here in the states, uh, BlackBerry distinctly clearly said that first things first, first they need to uh, bring awareness to uh, what they're about and what their devices moving forward are going to be and what the OS is going to evolve into. And then second, they're going to strategically place advertisements to particular uh, regions. So one, the, it's like you can't put the cart in front of the horse. You know, like we all want it right now, but there needs to be uh, this process. And it's being done, it's being implemented, and it's going to unfold slowly. I know the big uh, elephant in the room is what's going to happen with T-Mobile. That is another um, you know, question on the channels there. Is there going to be some sort of mend between T-Mobile and BlackBerry? I hope so, because T-Mobile does uh, cater to uh, enterprise customers. They do have a, a base there. So it would probably be in the, in the best interest to uh, offer 
uh, BlackBerry devices uh, for that particular consumer base that they have. Um, so we only jump over to Sean's question over at the site, right? So Sean's question on our website, left in the comments, which we love to see, says, here's my question. Many ask me about downloading Android apps. He's talking about the disparation between downloading an application in Amazon and downloading one in Snap and the experiences that you may have therein. What I have noticed, if you were to download Netflix, for instance, from Snap, you're going to get a newer version that likely runs better on the runtime as opposed to the one you get directly from Amazon, which is a little bit older. It runs, but it doesn't have a lot of the bug fixes, refinements, and enhancements that the newer version may have. Alternatively, you could get the opposite. You could have an application that's built solely off the NDK for Lollipop and the runtime that we have right now not even support it very well, and it can render some of it, and other parts of it become useless. It is an interesting conversation when you talk about Android on BB10, because at the end of the day, we're not running Android, we're emulating it in a runtime environment. So there are inconsistencies and there are compromises that have to be made. They're obviously working to kind of try to enhance some of those. So now on Passport with 10.3.1, you slide down from the top in an Android app. You can hide the bottom back bar and you can also choose a display setting, one of three. You can set it to be standard default square. You can have it a zoomed out square. And you can also have it with uh, black bars on the left and right so that the application within the 14 by 40 screen actually looks rectangular and vertical. So there's a lot that they're trying to do to help bridge that gap and make it a little bit easier for users. What I like to tell people is if it's a paid app, get it from Amazon. If it's a free app, get it from Snap. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you can also, though, um, have a buy an app on the actual Google Play Store and it should show up in Snap because it's it does. tied into your account. It does. Um, I'm one of okay. So like BlackBerry moving forward, this is this is a no-brainer. They're trying to integrate Amazon more and more and more. Um, me, part of my OCD tendency, I would rather buy it from the actual Google Play Store um, because say maybe I don't know. Just moving forward in the future, I just like to have it on the main person rather than a third-party person or third-party store. Um, and we've seen in the past what had happened to the old third-party app stores for, like, BlackBerry, um, and some of them just, like, totally went out of business. I don't think that's going to ever happen to Amazon. But, you know, a lot of stuff makes me want to buy it on, on the main thing. So it's like I really am not even using the Amazon app store anymore. I'm using Snap entirely to download apps on my phone, and I've been totally happy with it. I just uh, would prefer that it would send me when there's an update Amazon will tell you when an app needs updating, whereas Snap does not have the notification. This app needs to be updated. And, and as you, and as would loves to remind me, he's like, "Yo, where is the, the next update of Snap?" Dude, it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> Snap. It was announced back in the beginning of August. Yeah. Yeah. Snap yeah. three, and he, you know, it, it was hinted that he was going to make it just the beautiful the UI. It's going to mimic, you know, like the Google Play Store. It's going to be so. Uh, I think James is saying we got to wait for 10.3.1 to become available everywhere before we actually realistically see it. So. My thing is, like, why is he going to build an application solely to be sideloaded when the only OS that it's really going to work on is not available publicly? It has to be... So you now you're looking at such a segmented user base. It's like the BlackBerry 10 user base, the people that know how to remotely put on an OS, 
and then the people that know how to sideload. Like you're getting such a small sandwich if you're putting but that much development time in. He's getting a lot in. of downloads though. He's getting a lot, like sick down. He posted out on his blog, I think, that a while ago he, they passed like the three million downloads mm-hmm. of like yeah. apps within there, and that's pretty significant. It is, it is, and it's significant because 10.2.1, which is the OS it was built for, supports directly installing Android, you know? It it comes with the territory. Yeah, he could have put it out for Passport, but literally only Passport users or those flashing a leak, which may or may not work well with a a proper Android player, is going to work. I think he wants it to at least be a consistent base. It gives him time to refine and build out. I think he wants to be able to build in things like headless notifications for updates, build in a way to purchase applications within the store, maybe pop a web view over to Chrome and allow us to browse and buy, and then bring us back to Snap. You know, He's working on all those, and it's an intricate design process to make it unified. Right now, it's so cumbersome to down- download, open installer, install, yeah. or, or then update. It's like a four-step process. Yeah. And it's like I, I have to literally wait for this to go through. I can't just you know go back, do something else, download some more. Is then it's just going to invoke the installer whenever the install's done and leave you kind of stranded in the app. So, and, and right now it needs some other things, as Jubei had mentioned, refinements on the UI on Passport. So much dead space. I mean, you could bury a thousand yeah. people out there, <laughs> a thousand pixels. Did I say people? I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on, we have here John uh, Sparkman. Uh, he says one of the rest of BlackBerry 10 devices getting Blend. It would be nice. Uh, blend is going to be launched with 10.3.1. So when 10.3.1 comes available, so does Blend. Um, Edwin R. says an update on Blend would be nice. I'm not sure what he means by that, but um, and he does mention in another uh, comment that uh, how about a thorough discussion on BlackBerry channels and overall needed. We can't get into that now. Probably another upstream we can um, have a nice conversation about uh, channels, how incredible it can be. <laughs> yeah. Can, can um, we go to Black real quick, though? Like, an, an update of that, he might be referring to, there are little bugs that I'm running into a lot with Blend, where, like, okay. I will get, um, I'll sign up for an account on a website, for instance, and you know how they'll normally send you, like, a ver- validation email where you have to click it and it goes to a unique URL and just val- validates your account and email address are connected? Mm-hmm. Um, Blend, I had brought this up before, apparently they didn't do anything with it, where it'll add like some hidden characters within the URL at times, and it totally breaks the URL. So I can't even copy and paste the URL because it still keeps the hidden characters. So I literally have to go into my email client, aside from Blend, in order to validate my email, because I think it, when you just run into random characters being added to email, or to um, links within email, so they definitely need to fix that because it's, it's making it unusable for some of its core purposes. Okay. Uh, I've got a comment definitely. here from... Oh, go ahead, James. No, I was just saying definitely to tag on Alex. Go, go oh. ahead, you. <laughs> Genius. That's how he has it with a dash. Genius. I like um, this question. It was a very good question. Go for it. Um, do you think BlackBerry will sell more than 10 million phones this year with this sale? Um, I'm assuming the one with the uh, Passport, the sale... Deal passport slash Black Friday? Maybe a little okay. bit of both? Uh, also... Do y'all think, not you, do y'all think the UI still needs work? Look at how Android 5.0 looks and some of the similarities with iOS 8. I think the UI still needs work, specifically the active frames. No one scrolls down and all the touch phones. So this is great. This is cool. Go ahead, James. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I feel under the bus at this moment. Um, <laughs> 10 million devices. To answer genius, 10 million, absolutely. 
We have sales going on. We have compelling price points that we're selling them at. We have another phone coming in a couple of weeks. I mean, I definitely think we're going to be able to hit that target, especially people aren't talking about what's going on overseas, but there's a consistent sell-through of some of these devices like the Z3. Yeah. It's, it may not be selling in massive quantities, but they're still pushing it out. They're still getting it into hands. Absolutely think they're going to hit that target. What do I feel about the UI on 10.3? I think it's early. I've said this many times about BlackBerry 10. I think it's early to the game. Um, right now, I've said this on other previous upstreams, <coughs> they put on Passport 10.3.0, they put signature action, they put tertiary and secondary actions, they built the overflow menus to now arc closer to the bottom for you. They did a lot of things to make the user interface look a lot more familiar if you're coming from Android or iOS. They're expecting a lot of converts coming back over, people interested, wanting to test the waters, and they've built the UI to work for them. Right now, you load up a Lollipop 5.0 app on your passport, it's going to look like a very similar experience. Slide out menus from the left to right, the signature action there right in the center at the bottom. I honestly feel that right now, their UI is right in line with the market. Obviously, we need to see an enhancement. Active Frames is definitely an area of improvement. On devices like Passport, it's a great experience. And I wish I would, could just flick away the tiles instead of having to actually hit that target point of the X. It's good to have the target point because it gives people a consistent area to press, but I'd like something that's a little bit more intuitive, absolutely. So genius, I'd absolutely agree with you on those points. Um, we got something for Renault here, Mr. Reen Ramos. Hi, Barry Flo. <laughs> uh, can you talk about the new SQL phone that Chen uh, is working on that will be the successor to the Z30? <laughs> for me, well, uh, I Rinaldo, tried under NDA. He can't say anything. <laughs> no, I can. I tried the device yesterday. It's pretty awesome. It's running a a, a triple dual core quad core processor. I'm joking. That's a <laughs> sin, that's a, that is a syntuple core device. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea about those devices. It's we got some hard engineers working on them, so. So, you know. so let, let me talk. I, I feel like I'm just you know sucking up all the air here. Alex needs to say something, but uh, <laughs> I got uh, stuff to say about the or 10.3.1. But so let's go there, and then we'll come right back to the Rio. So Alex, please okay. let us know well, what yeah, you I mean, about the UI. Just in terms of improving it, like if you use other platforms, you'll see where BlackBerry 10 is lacking. Just in terms of um, Lollipop is putting a, a large focus on really showing the layers within apps and letting the person know where, when you click this, what is happening for it to show up on the screen. For instance, when you're switching between tabs in BlackBerry 10, um, for instance, the Twitter, I'll just open up Twitter because it's a perfect example. Um, so in the bottom, it has the, the tabs. So when you click a tab right there, it just switches. It'll just like do the loading thing, and it'll just switch over to the frame. Rather than like having it flow in in some way or do something, um, whereas Lollipop, anything you tap, you know, it'll do a ripple effect, and then like the thing, the screen will like when you tap here, it'll blow up from there to show you where it came from, and it does that in a sense with BlackBerry 10. When you do click something, it'll slide uh, the frame in, and you can slide backwards. So it's letting you know that's coming from the right of the screen to let you know that you can swipe backwards. So that's kind of, you know, they have that done. But in terms of just improving the little animations, I think they can do a lot with that just to make everything more fluid and then try definitely make everything be 60 frames per second. I know 
Lollipop, they implemented a lot of things to make sure that every action, every animation going on is a smooth 60 frames per second, whereas sometimes I'll click this and it'll take a delay and then it'll kind of like choppily slide out. Other times it's perfectly smooth. They need to make it so everything's just smooth and working really well. Just That's just stuff with maintaining the OS and improving it. But um, in terms, like I, I agree with James a lot. I brought that up a long time ago during one of the Barry Flow Up streams when uh, Lollipop was being leaked at the time it showed that they, when you scroll down, it had that blue um, or whatever color, essentially signature action floating in like the bottom right corner in the middle or whatever. And it's funny that 10.3.1 was going that same route. It could have just been a perfect matchup, or I don't. No one really knows what happened with that. But the important part is once we get Android Lollipop apps running on 10.3.1, which will be happening eventually then you won't even necessarily know the difference between an Android app and a native BlackBerry 10 app, and that is what's going to be so powerful for the platform moving forward. And that is what they're building for. They're building for this unilaterally usable OS experience. It doesn't matter the app you're using. It all feels and looks native. And, and BB10 at first, when it came out, was a very different story, at least when running some of those other applications. Ronell, what did you have? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's... Besides the new devices that are coming out, it's very it's going to be very interesting to see where BlackBerry goes after 10.3.1. Like, what are they working on? Is it more of adding those smaller features and then working on improving and getting those um, getting those transitions and whatnot? Is it are they at that point now? And are we going to see that next year? Um, that's that's a big question. I'm pretty sure they're working on that kind of a stuff and. Um, hopefully next year. Hmm? Yeah, here's a little bit of a leak. BlackBerry is going to buy Google, throw the lollipop in the garbage, and the BB10 is just going to be all over. It's basically uh-huh. what it's going to be. <laughs> but, but, but no, we, we're going to have plenty of time, Ronell, to talk about 10.4 and in, in the successive updates coming. For us to talk on them now, you know, it, it's going to change the second we say it, you know? Definitely, yeah. I want to jump back to the question Jubei had posed earlier about the Rio. Um, we had a user asking about the potential of, of that Z30 successor. From what I have heard, from what I have heard, the Rio STR Touch R series is going to be a lot like a Z3, Z10 upgrade, not necessarily a Z30 I don't think the Rio is going to be the high-end all-touch. I think it's going to be an uh, iterative upgrade on something that is a low-end all-touch, maybe to the mid-range, so somewhere between a Z3 and a Z10. I would absolutely love to be wrong. Yeah, I'm going to leave that that there. Yeah, that follows what Chen said. I mean, he's not looking to just bring out another full-touch phone that, you know, has to go up against the big competitors, right? Right. yeah, so. You know what, and that's exactly the uh, he, what Ronell just said. Chen made a very interesting remark that I think needs to be uh, emphasized here, is that when they asked him about you know future devices, what can we expect? What we can expect are things like Passport, innovative, uh, specific for exactly. specific markets. And Chen honestly said he's not interested interested in making a generic rectangle all touch slab device. He's like, if I come out with something like that, I just pin myself against everything else out there. And who's gonna buy that device? Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. You're right. When people when people look to buy an all touch device, 
in their mind, BlackBerry is the... Isn't, it's not even yeah, at the bottom of the list. It's not it. even on the list, you know? Yeah. It, that's just the market. BlackBerry needs to wean them there. The Passport is like, oh shit, that's a big-ass touchscreen, you know? It, it starts getting people there. But this is not... I mean, we, we look at it. I mean, we honestly look at it. If I say BlackBerry, this is what everyone still envisions, you know? This, this type of device is still what they're envisioning. Yet, in an innovative standpoint, this is their flagship. And it's a marked difference between the two. Yet, this is rarely where people need to start looking, and people need to get there. Alex, you had a Dev Alpha. I just thought this was interesting. Yeah. Dev Alpha C Passport. It's literally just like a baby brother. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up, because the Q10, for instance, we brought up that it... Um, you know, they curved the corners a lot more than the Dev Alpha C, and a lot of us who had the Dev Alpha C, you mentioned this a lot, you said the Dev Alpha C almost looked futuristic because it had the more square form factor to it, and it's funny that you said that so often because now the Passport comes out, and this is as square as it gets. That is a pointy, pointy corner, yeah, and I it see does myself. look... Yeah, <laughs> and it does look... Wow, that's a very uh, glassy screen. Um, it does look like a newer device, like... It's kind of funny that I wonder if this Dev Alpha C actually helped uh, put the the mind the idea of this look in their head. You know, maybe we should try and get away from the curve and see. Maybe this does look a little bit more futuristic. And you know, I think this might help the viewers because this will help me and my friends a lot. So I'm going to ask this towards all of you guys. Um, most of the people on my family plan right now, I, they, you know, my friend. Brian loves BlackBerry now. He's telling me he wants to upgrade his phone. He said he dropped his Z30 uh, in the parking lot the other day. It rolled like six times. He said not even a scratch on it. He's like, I love this thing. He's like, I can't wait to get like the next you know, phone. He, so like all of these people have upgrades in five months. So I don't know necessarily what to tell them. I'm happy with my Z30, but I would like to upgrade just because I like to have the new thing. What do you think I should do? Should, this this Rio that might be coming out, I don't know if I really want it, if it's just an upgrade to a Z10 or a Z3 and it's not that high specs. What should I be waiting for, and will that phone be out in five months or six months? I got pictures of this thing. Every time we bring it up, I'm like, yo, I got to post it. I pulled it. Uh, Kyle, Kyle helped us pull it from one of the OSs. It's, it's a Manitoba. It looks just like a Z3. It's the same thing with better specs. I mean... We've been beating this bush for months and months and months. Yeah. Don't wait for <laughs> it. Get a passport at all costs, even if you have to yeah, switch carriers. No, dude, I, we can't. Like, that's a non-option, and that's not an option for a lot of us. Think of the people who have eight people on their family plan. T-Mobile will yeah. pay you out of your contract and put you ah. on a GSM claim. <laughs> they will pay you out of your contracts. Dude, we need, like, literally the cup. Like, I understand, yes, it's a whole carrier war, but... Um, AT&T will bend over for you. They want but you. Verizon is good coverage, though. And my cousin has AT&T at his girlfriend's house. They're, they live in the suburbs. In the suburbs. Um, he can't even get access there to call his mom or whatever. They can't call him, so we have to use my Verizon phone in order to make the call. You know, that sounds, that that sounds awful a lot like a personal fucking problem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but just, I'm, I'm trying to say for the people who are on Verizon, and they're not... You know, they just can't switch or they're really not going to switch. What do you do if you can't get the passport? I understand. I want to be able to use this as my main phone. Some of my friends do. My stepdad does. But if we can't do that, what are we supposed to do? Do we if wait for the slider phone that might be coming out? You are screwed. You got to wait. <laughs> the, rest, the rest can pick up a Z30 for cheap. 
And if you're on Verizon, you're not going to get the 225 deal. But what you could do is buy one for 225, sell it online for 300, <laughs> and then buy yourself an in-store carrier Z30 online, which is back on their store. It was removed for a time. Well, when was the Z30 release? It's actually a, an older phone now. It's, it's still great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's I'm just waiting for upgrade. Yeah. Like they we need something. They they do need something, and and I told you we've said this many many times on upstream. 2015 is going to be the year of all touch for BlackBerry. I wholeheartedly believe it. I think they went hard on classic and, and yeah. passport to big to give you a full quality BlackBerry 10 experience, and now. We can start building on an innovative touch factor that offers something new to the market. Exactly. The I was going to say that. Stuff. I was just wanted to say that. I mean, when the full touch does come, it'll be worth it. it there'll be something to market. There's something that'll set it aside from the competition. It, it'll be worth it. So, But it's just timing. It, it, it's just going to be the perfect little portfolio. It's going to be classic, passport, all touch, three devices, no mess. Exactly. So, nothing crazy. And then Simple. maybe some, some peripherals like a Surface-type device. People are gonna, I'm going to get BBMs about that. Fryberry on our berryflow.com website left a comment. If you're going to answer questions from here, I have one. And then a lot of dots. I'm talking a lot of dots, maybe seven. Is BlackBerry <laughs> wasting time by offering the upgrade program when the Passport isn't officially carried by anyone in the U.S.? Nope. I bought the Passport day one, even broke contract with Verizon to use it. <coughs> Alex, thanks, guys. What what do, what do you guys think? Do you think you know, it's still there's, worth there's, it to, to get into a passport program? Yeah. I'll just make a quick comment. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Simple. You know, going off of what Ronell just said, you know, there's it's almost like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think the important thing here is BB10 adoption. And if there's people on the fence uh, considering the device... And BlackBerry said, you know what? We're going to make it available to you. They're leaving it in like consumers' hands. People like Alex, who is just like, man, should I switch carriers just to have this phone? Let the consumers decide that. BlackBerry's taking care on their, on their own end by making it available and making the deal of a lifetime. So um, something has to be done. Like Ronell said, it's better than nothing. And they're providing it. So, um, yeah, it's totally consumer call. So, at this point, I think we've covered a lot of what we wanted to cover tonight. We're obviously going to have another one in a week, so we'll get some more comments and questions in. People have a lot of them coming in. They're talking about perhaps a, a smaller form factor for Passport, but we'll leave that toward a, a, a latter discussion uh, later on in the month. Jubei and I are going to be trying to head out to the classic launch event over in NYC, so we'll be doing some coverage there. We'll be together in the flesh. We'll do some stuff for you guys. Maybe we'll change the way Barry Flow looks entirely. You never, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. But I was here this evening with Alex, Jubei, and Ronell. I really appreciate having you guys on. You guys take care. Peace out. We the North. <laughs> we the North. <laughs> anything, anything that can help. <laughs> <laughs>